brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Geek Vibes Live is rated G for geek. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Geek Vibes Interview. I am the one and only Dom. And today, I will be interviewing the one and only Stu Bennett for his upcoming movie, I Am Vengeance Retaliation, the sequel to I Am Vengeance. I got Stu here? Sorry, is that Dom? Uh, this is Can Susan with Stu Bennett. Yeah, okay, how you doing? Good, good. Right, I'm good. Can, can you hear me? I can hear you. All right, fantastic. All right. Connected. We got there in the end. <laughs> All right, so uh, welcome to Geek Vibes interview. I am the host, Dom, and today we have the one and only Stu Bennett, also known as Wade Barrett, Bad News Barrett, King Barrett, and now John Gold. How are you doing, man? I'm fantastic. Thank you, Dom. Thank you for having us on your show. Oh, no, it's our pleasure, man. Um, I'm excited to talk to you. I'm sure everybody's excited to listen. Um, So to just get a little jump started, uh, tell us a little bit about your new movie, I Am Vengeance Retaliation. So I Am Vengeance Retaliation is the follow-up to a film we released in 2018 called I Am Vengeance. Um, it is a standalone movie, even though it, it does reference elements of the first film. It's really an ode to 80s action cinema, um, and I'm a big fan of, of guys like Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger and the kind of films they were pumping out then, and, and this is very much in that theme of, of high action, lots of fight scenes, gunplay, and uh, car chases and all that stuff. So um, it's a film about a special forces soldier, which I played, John Gold, who puts together a team of other special forces guys to track down a rogue special forces agent who has basically put together a band of mercenaries and is, is committing a lot of crimes and murders and things like that. So that's the premise of the film. Um, like I say, I'm the lead in it. I'm playing the hero for once, the good guy, and uh, the lead <laughs> villain is Vinnie Jones, who has a quite an extensive history in, in cinema too. So uh, very very excited for people to check this out. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I had a chance to, to watch it, and... It kind of gave. Oh, I watched both movies, and it kind of gave me the kind of feeling of um, watching a like a John Wick movie. Um, they are very high action, and the fight choreography uh, is very good. And I think that's one of the things that jumps out at you, uh, at you right away. Um, so, how does your background of bare knuckle boxing and your time in the WWE, how does that translate over to you now doing these action films? 
Uh, I think it translates pretty well because what it means is that I'm okay getting beaten up. So the producers of the film know that when it comes to me, they don't actually have to pay a stuntman for the role. Um, they just get me <laughs> to do everything, and they know I'm I'm okay getting beaten up and getting a few bumps and bruises. Um, so obviously, I, I have a long history um, of being in positions or jobs where I'm I'm getting beat up and I'm you know getting injuries and, and bruises and stuff. So that element of it is very easy. I'm naturally portraying a, a very aggressive fighting guy which is something again i've portrayed for many years in the professional wrestling world um i like using my physicality i'm a, a big athletic guy and um, the opportunity to display that in a different world from professional wrestling is is really cool for me and um, there are intricate differences between how you portray yourself in a film fighting role versus professional wrestling so it's a, it's also a new ladder for me to climb and learn from the guys that i'm working with Oh, for sure. Um, how do you think now if this um, this character takes off the way you you feel it will? Um, how does it feel to uh, walk around in public and you'll have uh, you know you have your friends calling you Stu, and then you might have a group of people calling you Wade, and now you might have some calling you John. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty weird because for years I've obviously been wrestled, been recognized for my professional wrestling career um, to the point where I assume that anybody who approaches me is a fan of my professional wrestling career, is a fan of WWE okay. or whatever it might be. And I remember when the first one came out, I was actually living in Manhattan, New York at the time. Uh, and I remember, you know, a few weeks after it came out, I, there, were, there was occasions where people would come up to me and I would automatically go into wrestling mode and, you know, thinking about dropping me, I'm afraid I've got some bad news lined up. Oh, I love this one. And they, you know, they'd be looking at me blindly. And they'd see me in a film, and they're like, you're the guy from the film we saw on Netflix. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, okay. And I have no idea about anything like that. So it's, it's definitely weird for me still to this day to be recognized for things outside of wrestling and for people who recognize me to have no idea of this background that I have. But it's cool, too. You know, it shows the, the reach of things like Netflix and things like uh, movies and how they reach parts of the population who are completely blind to professional wrestling and not interested at all. So, yeah, definitely opening up some, some new uh, new fans for me, shall we say. Right. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, w I, I did want to know, so I from what I've done in my, from my research, uh, a big influence of yours getting into wrestling was the British Bulldog. So what, if any, what, was there an influence for you to get into acting? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I grew up, like I said, in the 80s, and, and the first adult films I ever watched were films with Sylvester Stallone um, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So those would be the, the two first that I'd jump out at and, uh, and say them. I'd also say, coincidentally, Vinnie Jones, because uh, Vinnie Jones is someone I was a fan of his professional soccer career, um, I've been a fan of so many of his movies since he transitioned there, and there's, there's certain parallels you can draw between what Vinnie did moving from soccer into action films um, as to what I have been trying to do, certainly since I left pro wrestling in, in getting more involved in the film industry. So um, I'm a fan of him. Of course, there's obvious um, professional wrestlers who've, who've been fantastic. I think uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, when you look at some of the stuff he did in, in like Running Man and Predator, um, he was fantastic. Um, guys like The Rock, 
uh, Dave Batista of Reeben kicking down doors for anyone from the pro wrestling world who, who wants to do a bit more in the acting world um, is going to find it easier because of guys like those two. So there's a lot of people who've gone before me who I'm, I'm fans of, and um, if I'm you know following in their their tailwind, then it uh, certainly helps me, and I, I appreciate everything they've done. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think at least people in my generation, we can all kind of appreciate those '80s action flicks because that's as a boy growing up, that's who we all wanted to be. We all wanted to be the Arnolds. We all wanted to be the Stallones because that was what kind of embodied, you know, being like this this big muscular man. And now I feel like that you are uh, can be that for this new generation coming up. Because um, from myself and many like me, you were very beloved in um, the WWE, and people were very uh, sad to see you leave. And can you speak a little bit to uh, what kind of uh, made you make that decision to uh, to part ways with the, the business? Yeah, I mean, when I left in 2016, I'd already achieved a lot in the world of WWE. Um, but I felt like my opportunities were were being limited at that point, and I wasn't enjoying the creative aspect of being around WWE. On top of that, I was also very burned out. They were, you know, I was burning the candle at both ends, so to speak, of the schedule. I, I was almost killing me. I had no um, work-life balance. It was 100% work, which um, after all that I'd achieved and all I'd done there, um, I was a little fed up with how things had started turning out. So I decided to move away at least for a little bit, um, and subsequently I found my life quite enriched by the ability to do a lot of other things in, in terms of having a family at home, in terms of being able to be involved in some acting stuff, being able to be involved in some hosting of some TV stuff, uh, being still involved in the professional wrestling industry, doing uh, commentary for NWA. Uh, so I feel very fortunate at the moment that life has turned out pretty well post-WWE. But um, I mean, WWE or, or professional wrestling in general will always be my first love. It's always what I kind of anchor myself to, and I'm always always going to be in and around the business in some capacity. So I'm certainly not not done for good. Yes, that's uh, it's good to hear, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've always assumed that you know, and from things I've watched. If you're a woman over forty dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I've seen that uh, professional wrestling takes a toll on most people, especially those that do it on to a very uh, a late age. So, yeah, I can imagine... <laughs> Like, you know what, maybe it's time for to give my body somewhat of a break. Um, yeah, but, of course, there's also, there's also an element of uh, I didn't want to be somebody who left professional wrestling at, you know, 42, 43, 44, whenever a lot of guys tend to retire. Um, I didn't want to leap from that to suddenly trying to figure out what do I do next. I knew I was young enough to, to get a few opportunities in the film world. Um, or the TV hosting world or whatever it may be. And I wanted to, to build at least a little background in that. 
while I still felt I was young enough to to get involved in that. Because once I got a little older, I think I would have found it even harder to to break in in any capacity. So um, I was also cognizant of that. And I wanted to like kind of speak to you being a, you know becoming an action movie star. That you know a lot of actors that we see that are very brolic guys, uh, we assume that they're a badass because of their size, but you having a background in, in bare-knuckle boxing, I feel like kind of adds a layer uh, to your resume that most can't speak to, <laughs> that kind of makes you that much more of a badass. And, um, and, and I think it translates into these movies that it's very fluid and it's very real looking and there's a there's a authenticity that is there that may not be there for some others and, and like you said you you're doing your own stunt so it is that much more real um so yeah i think that that's going to end yeah, up think, leading i'll go ahead i i think there's an i think there's an element of any time in um Anytime in entertainment, you can kind of blur fiction and reality somewhat. It always helps the viewer. And that, that goes for professional wrestling, um, and it goes for things in the world of film too. So um, if there's anything from my background that helps the believability of a character or performance, then we're always going to try and draw on that. In the same way that you look at a guy like Kurt Angle, um, and we all know his history as a amateur wrestler, a gold medalist. He can play the, the biggest loser character on the planet, but the second that bell goes, you know you have to believe in everything he's doing because he can break a guy's neck in two seconds if he wanted to. That's how right. that believability with Kurt allowed him so much freedom to play the most ridiculous loser and be highly entertaining with it. But the second the bell goes, you know, okay, it's on. This guy's going to kick some ass. And that, that was the brilliance of Kurt Angle. And a huge part of that was this legitimacy that he had. So uh, I love things like that, anything from, real life that gets automatically assumed in a fictional character I think is fantastic. So uh, if, if that's rubbing off in any way from me or my background then, then great. <laughs> uh, I do want to say um, I've noticed that you uh, have a credit as an executive producer uh, in this film. Um, what kind of hands-on approach did you take with this movie? You know, my my executive producer role um, in there just really reflects my um, involvement in perhaps shaping certain scenes, perhaps shaping uh, certain ideas on the script. Um, Evolutionary Films, the producers there, and uh, Ross Boyasco is the writer and director. They did 99% of everything, but I think it just reflects my my ability to come in and say, okay, this scene here doesn't quite work for me as a character. Here's why I think we should change this here. And um, when you're in an executive producer capacity, you get a little more freedom to sway the direction of certain scenes or or certain aspects of the character. And I really appreciate that. I really appreciate the fact they gave me that ability to to have a little bit of influence, just sprinkle a little bit of my personal influence on, on the work that Ross had put together, and uh, we have a great working relationship. Obviously, it's the second film we've done. I hope we do more in the future because I love working with them, and uh, they're a highly professional bunch and very creative, and have always been uh, a lot of fun to work with. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a great experience all around working with Evolutionary Films. Yeah, and, and I think it definitely uh, – you can definitely see that your, your touch on it. 
Uh, and that kind of segues into my, my next question is without, you know, spoiling anything for anybody, do you see this character having a sequel, prequel uh, in the future? Yeah, well, that was uh, that's certainly something we would like to do. A lot of it depends on the success of the film when it comes out. The first one when it came out, the, the I Am Vengeance, which came out in 2018, uh, did very well to the point where right after it was released, um, the funding came in for this this new one that we're releasing, and, and people were so impressed by the numbers that the, the first film had produced versus the cost to make it um, that people immediately jumped on funding the, the next one, and we got a much bigger budget for the second one um, as a result of that success. So if this one goes well too, um, and of course this global pandemic calms down somewhat, um, then I think definitely we'll be uh, reprising the John Gold character. I know the writer and the director, Ross Boyask, has a hundred ideas. I believe he already has two scripts written out um, for future future um, films in the franchise like this that um, he has at least mapped down in his head and, and mainly ran out to. Um, so there's definitely a lot of options there, but again, it comes down to success. If, if people support this film and enjoy it, uh, and it does the kind of numbers that the first one did, then I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll be reprising it in the not-too-distant future. That's great, because I would definitely like to see a uh, a John Gold, Jin Quay kind of duo movie, because uh, there was one thing I noticed that in this movie, the uh, the girls were pretty badass. Uh, I, there wasn't, you know, as much of a heroic female character in the first one, but this one, there are a few, and uh, they uh, they weren't playing <laughs> at all. That, that, that's it. They were fantastic, and that's one of the, the biggest strengths, I think, of this film, is that uh, with the, the slightly increased budget that we had, we were able to, to pack out the cast a little more. Uh, make it a bit more re- well-rounded and uh, being able to portray females in the almost the Ronda Rousey type uh, world of, I don't know, these, these, these might be women and they might be very attractive women, uh, but they can kick some ass. And, uh, both ladies who we used in that capacity, uh, Katrina Durden uh, and Phoebe Robinson-Galvin, they are fantastic. And some of the best moments in the film, some of the greatest action moments in the film, uh, in the fight scenes involve those two. And they're as tough as they come. Uh, fantastic actresses too, um, and it was important for evolutionary films and um, and Ross, the the director, to portray women in such a strong uh, light, as opposed to the traditional damsel in distress and all that stuff. I think in 2020 we we were aware that that's not a, a, a typical role for a woman to play anymore, and it's important for us to be on the leading edge of that progression that society has seen. For sure, Dom, we have time for that. Okay, um, my last question. This is a good one, hopefully. Um, so with uh, talking about Phoebe Robinson, Galvin, I was looking at the cast list, and I noticed that uh, a vast majority of this cast has been in superhero movies in some capacity. Uh, with you being an action star now and your stature, do you foresee yourself possibly playing a superhero or a supervillain at some point. Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, that's it's such a massive part of the film world in this day and age uh, with DC and Marvel and the, the volume of films that they're pumping out and the kind of numbers that those films do. Um, it's something I feel that I would be suited to. What character I would play, I, I'm not sure. Um, I think there's a... 
character from the UK, um, Captain Britain, um, who I don't uh, think has yeah. ever been portrayed. I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge comic book geek, but I'm aware of Captain Britain. Nobody's ever done that, and there might be one um, if you're a comic book fan you might not have heard of, it's a, an old British one called Banana Man, um, who I used to watch in cartoon form when I was a kid, and there's never actually been a film version of him. So if you haven't heard of Banana Man, go check him out. It's about a little kid who eats a banana and turns into Banana Man who can fly around the world and, and save everyone. His big rival is called Apple Man, um, which is a giant apple with legs. Um, so it's a, uh, a very quirky style, and I think it's something that would suit indie film very well, and you could do something pretty funny with that. Um, so Banana Man, if anyone's out there looking to cast Banana Man, I'm the man. <laughs> you have to go check that out. Americans aren't familiar with Banana Man. Go check it out. I promise you it's good. For sure. I'll definitely check it out. I uh, appreciate your time. Everyone go check out I Am Vengeance Retaliation Friday, video on demand, uh, this June 19th. And, uh, again, I appreciate your time and uh, wish you good luck in the future, man. Thank you so much, Dom. Thanks for having us on the show. Good luck with Deep Vibes. Thank you very much, man. Talk to you some other time, hopefully. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.